Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? That's right. I kept your voice. I kept your mic off a you, little bit longer. Yeah, I was wondering what that was about. Just while I went, what? Did you just come from Manitoba? What? You were wondering what that was about? <laughs> oh, sorry there. What's that about? What's that all about? <laughs> your your ancestry is showing there, Carol. Carol's family is from Saskatchewan. No, we're not. They're big. Uh, over the what is it? Cross country skiers, right? You do the little snowshoes and stuff like that. Those big tennis racket looking snowshoes. That's why your feet are all swollen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Now you're suffering some ill effects from going to the mall. Yeah, but it was super fun. And ow, we got our nails done. Uh huh. Airbrushing and everything. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's a hell of a thing. That's a that's big now, right? Airbrushing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but look, they've got butterflies. Absolutely. Uh, so it is May 3rd, 1996. It is. And we're coming at you with some more of what you crave. <laughs> hey, if you crave some more stuff, too, by the way, just to throw it out there, we do have bonus stuff, bonus shows, shows you can only hear. At my buddy's new website, Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Retro Late Fee. Check that out on the World Wide Web. Yeah, we make special tapes just for you. We're the only ones on there right now because my buddy created this and we're the only people on there. Right. Accepting people that can, you know, you can, it's like, how would I describe it? It's like subscribing to a magazine or it's like. A harmony house. It's like doing the uh, mm. the through the mail, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like with Harmony House, you have to like choose from a menu. Whereas right. with this, you just get everything, and then you get a new one weekly, which is more like a magazine. Yeah, yeah, you get you get everything that we do, yeah. and it's it's you get you get these tapes early, <clears throat> and you get bonus stuff because we send them right to you. Just so you know. So anyway, check it out. Right. Uh, but we did watch TV this week. We did watch movies this week. And there is news this week. Wow. It's going to be a busy show, people. <laughs> we got everything covered. It's going to be the same thing that we do every week, but different things. <laughs> so this flame is Atlanta bound, Carol. Okay. What do you think that refers to? Um... That's the title. We should this is, this should be a new game. It's guess the story. I'll give you the title. We'll see how informed Carol is. This flame is Atlanta bound. This flame is Atlanta bound. Um, I don't know. Is it a forest fire? <laughs> what the hell? Only you can prevent forest they fires. Just, they just know that. <clears throat> This fire, this fire has got it out for Atlanta. <laughs> it's been burning across all of Tennessee. Headed right there. <laughs> oh, no, it's coming down I-75. It's the Olympic torch. Oh, okay. The Olympic Games this year, <clears throat> this summer, very soon, are being held in the great 
city of Atlanta, Georgia, and very exciting for the United States. And now the Olympic tor- torch is starting its 84-day cross-country journey to the Summer Games. First person to hold it, decathlon champion Rafer Johnson. His name sounds like Reefer. <laughs> it's uh, 15,000 miles. That's how long this is going. Wow. This guy's going to run 15,000 miles till July 19th in Atlanta. That's not really accurate, is it? No, they pass it along to their people, girl. <laughs> it gets passed. It's like a big relay thing. And then it's a big honor to be the person in Atlanta or wherever the Olympics are being held that year to be the last one to get it to actually take the torch and light the flame. Interesting. Yeah. Big honor. Wait. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, no, I'm just thinking it's like it's like Forrest Gump, but with a torch. You know, it's, it's a oh. lot of yeah running. I I I was running, <laughs> Jenny. <clears throat> uh, anyway, speaking of running, the uh, the guy that murdered this person's probably running. Wow. Remember last year? Last year. Remember last week? We talked about. The search for Tina Bagar. Uh, yes. They found her. I'm sure she's dead. They found her body. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was uh, abandoned behind one of the suspects' old family homes. That's a weird place to leave a body, especially if it's not your family home anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Like, hey, used to live here, don't anymore. Here's a present. Yeah, remember when the chat? Yeah, it's like a cat bringing you a dead uh, canary. <laughs> and, except it's a dead grad student. Uh, Bill Bagar was a proud and private man. His newfound friends, Donna and Debbie, from the escort service. Jerry Holbert, uh, the record driver, knew how much he ached. So, yeah, he, I mean, it's I don't want to go through the whole thing, but they, they found her. It seems like she went deep undercover, like you said, into the world of uh, like high-class escort services. And one of the clientele, uh, the, the, the suspect is, I think he's homeless. So that is a very old family home. Wow. But uh, he apparently killed her and disposed of her body there. Weird. Now, we don't know. He's just a suspect. They're going to be collecting evidence and everything. Of but, course. But we'll see. Innocent until proven guilty. It is the United States, after all. Is it? I think so. All right. Well, that's, that's where we're... Yeah, definitely innocent until proven guilty, right? OJ can tell you that. <laughs> Even innocent after proven guilty. Right. So, he's... Uh, it's bittersweet, I guess, according to him, because he was afraid they'd never find her. They found, you know, obviously he didn't want her to be alive, but I guess it's better to know than yeah, to not know. for sure. Is it, though? I don't know. Oh, I think so. You think it's better to know than to not know? Yeah, because otherwise you spend all this time worrying about the person, wondering what happened to them, looking for them. It's a lot less effort to mourn and grieve than it is to be in this constant state of anxiety worrying about what is or yeah, isn't. I guess that's true. It just seems like you'd always be able to have this hope, even if you knew how futile that was, and, and this would take away that hope. I mean, yeah, I guess, but it would be exhausting. Yeah, I guess you're right. 
But a cautionary tale to all grad students out there. Don't uh, <laughs> don't go deep undercover in the world of escort services. Yeah, it's a good way to get uh, fucked up. Apparently. Crazy. Like, it's a, it's a wild story. I mean, there's, there's, you know, twists and turns to it and all that stuff, but... Did they, did they say what the cause of death was? I didn't, uh, I didn't see. I Mm. think, uh, strangulation, maybe? You're just guessing. Yeah, I'm just speculating on this woman's cause of death. (laughs) I'm speculating on this real human being's cause of death. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. I have no idea. I didn't read that far into it because it's a depressing story. Yeah. I have the... The shape of the story, mm. but not all the details because I was like, ugh, it's going to bum me out. Well, maybe I'll read it later because I want to know. It is interesting. You know, it's it's interesting in, in ways, but there are a lot of pe- there are people that, so they'll have TV shows on, like Dateline, right? Dateline NBC, they'll have that on, or they'll have shows sometimes on cable where it's like, this person murdered somebody. And it's like, we're going to take you through the investigation. They, they kind of frame it like a mystery a lot of times, like who did, which one of these people did it. And, and then they reveal who it was at the end or the evidence they found at the end. But it's a lot about murder. And it seems like people are really interested in that stuff. There's yeah. the Time Life series on serial killers that do like Time Life books. And they have one for like each serial killer. That's That's kind of fucked up. They have like a Ted Bundy book. They have a Charles Manson book. They have a... Whatever, and they then and uh, trading cards that you can collect and uh, what? No, they don't. <laughs> you freak. No, but it's the books are basically just like here. You know, they go through all the crimes and stuff like that. People seem really interested in that stuff. Well, I mean, I did read like the uh, transcript of the Lizzie Borden trial. Did you really? Yeah. Interesting. It, it was in a book. I mean, you know, it's not like I like. When did any kind of legal research or whatever, but yeah, there was just a book of it. So why do you think people are interested in that stuff? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess just wanting to understand how somebody can go so wrong. Yeah, I always thought that it was because the thought process of somebody, especially a serial killer, but, you know, a lot of times just regular murderers too, but the thought process of those people is so alien to us that it's kind of like fascinating to be like how you know we want answers and and there usually aren't easy answers yeah that makes sense you know what we should do what we should make tapes where we just tell people about old uh stories old um like murder stories and stuff like that nobody wants to hear that like like people that have been like open investigations and stuff like that nobody would want to listen to that yeah i guess you're right it would not take off in any way (laughs) i guess you're right it's too depressing it is depressing but people seem to like it you know they like the dateline stuff Uh you know what else people like though what a little happier what i'll be there for (laughs) you Friends, yes, they do. Yeah, we watched an episode of Friends. I'm sure you're surprised by that because, you know, it's only like, what, the 10th episode of Friends we've done? I think it's only the third episode of Friends we've done. Well, no, because we did a couple in the beginning. Did we? Because we were going to start doing that every week and then we decided not to. Well, it's a very popular show. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, I love it. So this episode, it's Rachel's birthday. Is. And her parents are getting a divorce. Is this the first time we've seen her parents? 
Uh, it's the first time I saw her parents. I don't know. I haven't seen every episode. Dr. So. Green and Marlo Thomas is her mom. <laughs> Did you catch that? Mm. Her mom was that girl. You don't know who Marlo Thomas is. What sucks is like I laughed like I knew and then you called me out like that. And then I sound like an asshole. So thank wow. you for that. No, Marlo Thomas, that girl's show in the 70s. I, know, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so you're not familiar with that girl. No. Marlo Thomas, Danny Thomas. No, Grandpa, I'm not. Danny Thomas's daughter, wife? I don't know. Mm. No relation, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? I don't remember. But, okay, this is a weird episode. I want to know. Our episode right now is weird. Yeah, probably. But, (laughs) no, okay, so, like, her friends end up. Wait, which friends? Come on. Joey. Monica. Chandler. Ross. And Phoebe. Phoebe. There's I remembered all their names. Good for you. (laughs) You said that like you had a knife behind your back. Because you do that all the time. Remember their names? No, because you go, good for you, good for you. Oh. Okay. So I was just fucking with you back. All right. No, they were trying to throw her a surprise party. And her dad just randomly shows up. And instead of being a normal human being, when Monica... Why why shouldn't her dad be there? Because it's... Her birthday. Let's assume, yeah. So and her, she her has shouldn't plans. Be like, I don't think that it's normal to just stop by on someone's birthday and assume they're going to be home because, of course, they could have plans. Yeah, well, I agree with that. But it's all set up because she goes to her little sister's graduation. Right. From college, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah, I wonder who, what, who like, we're never going to see her little sister, right? Probably not. I mean, we. I don't think we're going to get very far in depth in these people's families. It's a friend. It's about friendships. That's true. It seems like a lot of them might be lovers, too. A lot of them? Well, Ross and Rachel are together. And then can't you see, like, Joey and Phoebe getting together because they're the dumb ones? Oh, uh, that's not really a love connection uh, characteristic, but sure. <laughs> Being dumb ones? <laughs> I see a lot of dumb people together, trust me. I mean, I can kind of see Monica and Chandler. There were a lot of dumb people in the love connection, two and two. Sure. Monica and Chandler? Yeah. Mm. They kind of tend to, like, jump into situations together. Like, he's hyper with his humor, and she's just hyper, so. I can kind of see, because they're both sort of high-strung in different ways. Yeah. She's a control freak and a very type A personality, and he's, yeah. He's all, ah, like, manic energy. Right. I can see that. Okay, yeah, I can see that one. Anyway, so who would be with Joey then? Uh, Every other woman in New York. That's true, yeah. He's always sleeping around. Anyway, so she went to her little sister's graduation, and her parents were there, and they yelled at each other the whole time. Like, so, apparently even disrupted the ceremony. Because, like you said, they're getting divorced. So she didn't, yeah, because... Desmond Tutu was there for some reason. The, the Bishop Desmond Tutu. That's so weird. Well, you know they're really rich, so. Oh yeah, I don't. Maybe she went to Columbia, Columbia University, because that's in New York, uh-huh. and that would make that would make sense because so that's a it's an Ivy League school, right? So. so yeah, that would make sense. I don't know if they said where she graduated from, but if it was Columbia, I could see Desmond Tutu being there. Anyway, so 
she doesn't want them at her birthday party. So, but Monica already invited Marlo Thomas. Yeah. Because she was like that girl. I remember that from the 70s. Because I'm not a grandpa <laughs> or a grandma. I'm just a blonde woman with big boobs now, apparently. What in the fuck are you talking about? Monica. When they go. Monica doesn't have boobs. I mean, Monica doesn't have boobs or blonde hair. She did one in this episode at the beginning. Oh. I miss I miss some episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, she's working at a diner now where she has uh, fake boobs that she <laughs> that she puts in and blonde hair. Yeah, what is that about? It's a theme diner. She's Marilyn Monroe. She is. Yeah. Oh, see, I, yeah, you you have to explain this shit to me. I didn't get any of this. Really? I haven't been watching many of the like I I watch episodes here and there, but I don't watch them like in a row. So. But, I mean, just to look at her and the diner, you can just, from context, figure out that she's supposed to be Marilyn Monroe. It just looked like a normal diner to me. It looked like a normal, regular diner. Like a, like the kind of diner that I that I frequented when I was uh, a middle-aged man. Okay. <laughs> Back in the 40s. Sure, Grandpa. <laughs> no, it just looks like a normal diner to me. I didn't know she was supposed to be Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn it's, Monroe's boobs were not that big. It's a 50s-style diner. Okay, well, she looks a little more like, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Jane Mansfield or um, or Mimi Van Doren or something like that than she does Marilyn Monroe. Because Mar- Marilyn Monroe's boobs were, you know, like normal-ish, like larger, but not like that. Okay. She did I, have I don't there, though. I have no idea. All right. Anyway. So, what's <laughs> the look in your face? <laughs> Why? Why do you hate when I talk? I don't hate when you talk. I love when you talk. Because anyway. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Aw. So, she already invited Marlo Thomas. And th- uh, they said, okay, well, we're not going to invite the dad then. And like you said, then the dad just shows up out of the blue. And he can see because he forces his way in. Yeah, he's like, hey, is is Rachel here? Uh, what? I, I can't, uh, that doesn't sound like him at all. A father can't see his daughter on her birthday? A father can't see a daughter, his daughter on her birthday? And they're like, uh... I sound like this, I sound like, uh, every, I sound like every wise guy at the OTB. Right. Off track betting. There you go. <laughs> it's just horse betting. It's a place where you, it's a little place where you can go and they have camera, not cameras, they have TVs of all the different horse races and you can be like, I'm going to bet on this race if it's... Whatever, and go to the window and make a bet. And then watch it on the TV. You don't have to be at the track. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) He forces his way in because they say Rachel's not there and he just walks in like, like, you're having a a party? Oh, I can't. I'm not invited to this party. He doesn't. He doesn't twig that he's not invited. By the way, right to this party. He doesn't twig. He doesn't get it. He doesn't. He doesn't figure that out. Right. Yeah. He's he's a very uh, douchey, socially awkward douche. (laughs) (laughs) A douchey, socially awkward douche. I see that thesaurus I bought you is coming in. Word of the day: toilet paper. Right. Um. So somehow they convince him, this is the most ridiculous thing about this episode, that the fancy party that Monica is throwing is actually the staging area for the real party, which is the party they wanted to throw, but Monica wouldn't let them, in the boys' apartment. Yeah, but they don't, no one's there. So 
they say he sees the alcohol and the food and stuff like that. But no one's there yet, just the friends. And they're like, oh, the party's not here. This is just the staging area. Go over there. Then as people start to arrive, they portion them off. Mm-hmm. Some go to Monica's, some go to... All the hot women go to uh, what's Chandler's apartment yeah. because Chandler's in charge of that, apparently. And all the guys go to Monica's place. And apparently all the not hot women because there were women in there. Yes, there were. And Gunther. <laughs> And like Monica is a psycho in this episode. Like, you know, I don't yeah. I don't think that she's usually this messed up, but she was not fun. She was mean. She was boring. She made flan for for Rachel's birthday Instead cake. Of who, a cake. Who makes flan? Flan. It's gross. I mean, she, seriously. One of the games that she had is write one of your phobias or something like Oh no, no. Your most embarrassing experience. <laughs> Write it on a piece of paper. And, and then she, they were going to guess each other's, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, like, she was just pulling them out of a hat. Like, were you just sharing or what? I don't know. <sighs> it seemed really weird. And since so she's like, we're trying to get a boggle tournament going. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Somebody wrote on one of the little pieces of paper, Monica, your party sucks. Like, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's it's and people wanted to be ferried from one party to the other yeah. one. So Phoebe was uh, being Harriet Tubman, underground <laughs> railroading people from right. one party to the next. That was pretty funny. She got Gunther out, and then some other guy walks up. He's like, "I hear you can get people out of here." Right. It's like that movie, The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I hear you can get people things. So at the other party. There's a lot more fun happening. There's music and dancing and drinking and pizza. Yep. Which is the party that they wanted to throw. And volleyball. Yeah, in the bedroom they set up volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Some some woman called, what's his name, Matthew Perry uh, Chandler. Some woman called Chandler Dennis. Right. And then tongue kissed him. <laughs> So then she she was calling Dennis and he's like, that's me. Right. <laughs> He's such a horn dog. You know, he they they adequately label this episode though. It's I don't know if you if you are familiar with this term, but it's called uh ha- hant- hanging a lantern. Okay. Or or a lampshade on on something where it's like you understand that you're paying homage to something or even flat ripping something off or something about your plot doesn't make sense. So you have a character call it out. <laughs> and it's like, that's called putting a lampshade or hanging a lantern. And it's basically like, it's supposed to make it okay. Well, we know. We're, we're showing you we're aware that this doesn't make sense, but whatever. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it's funny. And sometimes it doesn't work. And I think it kind of works in, in this because he, he goes, um, there's two parties. It's called the one with two parties. One has her dad. The other has her mom. It's a very classic setup for for comedy right uh-huh. and it's sort of a a they're trying to keep them away from each other it's sort of tried material you know but chandler says because they're talking about what are they going to do and i think he says to monica or he says to somebody he's like uh i'm gonna ask uh, jack and chrissy what they would do <laughs> because this is like right out of a they never did an episode that, that has this exact plot but it's like it's right out of Three's Company. Right. And they're hanging a lantern on the fact that this is, you know, we're having some fun with this. This is a, you know, kind of a tropey thing to do, but we're going to have some fun with it. Yeah. And it's a fun episode. 
Except that Rachel is just going back and forth between the two parties and her parents and looking miserable. Her birthday is ruined. Well, yeah, and the thing is, is that she's, instead of them fighting, she's going, like you said, just going back and forth to each party, listening to them bitch about the other one. Yeah, who and wants just to hear that? Yeah, especially on her, who wants to hear that, period, but especially on her birthday. She could have just been like, to either one of them or both of them, I don't, I don't want... To listen to you badmouth my other parents. Right. You know, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I felt bad for her. And then she asks Chandler at one point in the hallway. She asks Chandler how he got through it because his parents got divorced. And it's like, it's so quaint because, I don't know, this is, ever, ever since, I guess, probably the 80s, divorce has been more common right. than before then. So maybe this is the this is these kids, these friends or whatever, the last generation of people who for for them divorce wasn't common amongst their friends. You know, cuz she's like she acts like it's a really weird thing, but nowadays kids in high school or even younger, I mean it's it's so common. Yeah. No, I don't think she acted like it was weird. No, she I th- I thought she did, but she acted like it was a like, a, I mean, she had no experience with it at all. I and mean, obviously her parents have never been divorced, but like she didn't even have any, like she didn't have perspective from any friends or anything about it either. Maybe it's different in rich people circles. Maybe. I don't know. They do tend to stay together a little bit more for appearances. And money. And, yeah, stuff like that. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It was it was a little depressing, but mostly funny. There was a scene when Ross... Uh, had to go get the dad's glasses and mm-hmm. cigarettes. Yeah. And he ends up putting them on and pretending like the cigarettes are his. And So Marlo Thomas doesn't know that the dad's there. Right. And he's pouring a drink for the dad. And she's like, that's my husband's drink. And then later she says to Rachel, like, you have a problem. Yeah. You're, you're with a man just like your father. Right. You got to go to therapy. And she's talking about all the therapy she's in. But my favorite line... Of this whole episode was, so, what's her name? Rachel tells Ross, her boyfriend, they're dating or whatever, uh, that, hey, go entertain my father while I go talk to Marlo Thomas, I mean, my mom, over at the other party. And he's like, okay, so he's very awkward. He goes and sits over there and he's like, hey, how's the... uh, How's the thoracic surgery game? Vascular surgery. Vascular surgery game. And... He's like, it's it's so funny because it's played the and the, the actor. I don't know the actor is that plays her dad plays it really good too because mm-hmm. he plays it very straight. It's not played like it's a comedy right. line or anything. He's just like, uh, you know, a woman died on my table. Is he's like, it's not a game. A woman died on my table this morning. Right. Which, and, then, and then the comedy is the awkwardness of Ross just sitting there like, uh, and he's like, that's the good thing about. Paleontology is all the dinosaurs are already dead. I thought that was funny. I thought it was kind of funny too, but it's like the whole, you know, it's the awkwardness of that situation. Yeah. I thought that was a very funny line. I think it kind of maybe gives some insight too as to why her dad was showing up and being clingy and staying because he's had a really bad day. Could be. And he has nobody at home. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I didn't think about that on a deeper level, but yeah, that's true. He, He lost a patient name. He probably felt like shit. Yeah. Needed a good cigarette and a scotch. <laughs> Neat. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a dumb line where he says, he goes, 
he says to him, uh, Scotch on the rocks coming up. He's like, neat. He's like, cool. He's like, no, neat. No, not on the rocks. No ice. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. He, Ross said something. I don't remember what it was. But Dr. Green said something, and Ross was like, oh, what's that? Or I can't remember what it was, but I, I remember, th- I'm like, he's a scientist. Like, he, he, they made him dumb in a situation where I was like, it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't know that. Hmm. Because he, I know he's a paleontologist, so it's not like he's a doctor or anything, but he's in the field of science. He would have taken science classes. He, right. would, he would have known whatever this thing was that he, that Dr. Green was talking about. I don't remember what it was. It didn't make sense. I That, that was the only thing that, that stuck out to me. I was like, hmm. They're just making him dumb because it's funnier for him to not know in this situation. But he would totally know. Right. Anyway, so that is uh, that was the show. It was the show. What movie did we see this week? Do you remember? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Craft. The best movie ever. Dr. Green's going to need to operate on you pretty soon. Hey, what? It's like you're going into a coma. There. That's not nice. You're like, uh, <laughs> I'm in a food coma. This we is the eat. last time that I let you go out with your girlfriends to the to walk uh, 15 miles around the mall <laughs> before we record one of these things. I actually got eight hours and of sleep right. last let night. Let you because I control what you do. Right. <laughs> now you came over from England. <laughs> right. Shut up. But I actually got eight hours of sleep last night, and I'm still tired, so that's kind of weird, huh? It is weird. Anyway. You should have a cappuccino. Espresso. Mm. <laughs> I'll take espresso. Like espresso more than, yeah. You're not big on coffee, or in cream and sugar and stuff like that in your coffee. You're well, not big on that. The best thing ever, though. The best part of waking up. Is a mocha cappuccino. Mocha cappuccino in your cup. With an extra shot of espresso and a shot of raspberry. Holy shit. Where you get that at? Caribou coffee? <clears throat> at the place in Royal Oak, the little, you know. Caribou coffee. Independently owned place. Caribou coffee? No. Oh. 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 Because um, there is a caribou coffee in Royal Oak. Right. I'm sure there is, right but by, that's uh, not what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're talking about, um, holy shit, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, me either. I can't think of the name of it. I should have gotten some, though, because it would keep me awake. Yeah. Or some jolt. Jolt soda, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we saw The Craft. And the girl the craft? from the Empire Records movie. The girl from the Empire Records. <laughs> Shut what, up. are you, 90 now? You're the grandma now. The girl from the Empire <laughs> Records movie. <laughs> she was in this she was movie. Playing, she was playing a, with a hoop and a stick and drinking <laughs> sassafras. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah, her name is Robin Tunney. See, and that's why you know you're awesome because you know things like that that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in she was in Empire Records, which we saw a couple weeks ago, but on tape. So that movie came out a year ago. Right. So this is the movie she's in this year. And um, she tried to kill herself in both movies. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Or if Robin Tunney's trying to tell us something. <laughs> This is an elaborate cry for help like, with every movie role she picks. Yeah, she even cut her wrists in both movies. She walks into she walks into the audition and she's like, does my character have a backstory where she try attempts suicide in this movie? No? Okay, I'm forgetting. Right. <laughs> I'm out. Yep, I don't want to do it. 
But she just moved to town with her dad and stepmom. Mm-hmm. That's and, always the way, right? All these movies, it's like, well, they're, they're new in town. Right? All the time. And there's always the evil stepmother. Although her stepmother was barely in the movie and she was not evil at all. No, her seemed, parents were really nice. She seems more lame than anything else. I've got cookies, girls. <laughs> On that sleepover they had. That wasn't her mom. That was somebody else's mom. Oh, okay. Somebody else's mom we never see again. No, it was um, actually the one mom that we saw a lot of. The one with the black hair. We saw a lot of her mom. Farika Bulk, I think her name is. Yeah. And then, um, oh, God, what's the other girl's name um, that we know? Like Nev Campbell? Yeah, Nev Campbell's mom, I think, was the one with the cookies. Oh, okay. They were playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah. So, before we get, into, before we get into that, though, what did you think of the movie? Let's, let's do our... our you know, the initial thoughts. I love the movie. I love it, love it, love it. Like, I want to live in this movie. And I want to be friends with these witches. Up until the point where they go crazy, and then I don't want to be their friend You want to live... And so, that this is the same thing that you said about Clueless. <laughs> You'd like to live in both the world of Clueless and this world. Yes. Very weird to me. Well, I mean, they can exist simultaneously, and I can go back and forth between them. Because I'm a Gemini, and I have a multifaceted personality. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> It's the two parts of my personality the really happy peppy part mm-hmm. and the really dark scary part okay so you're kind of like tony basil and uh i don't know who's a dark brooding female singer who's tony basil she did the hey mickey you're so fine you're so fine you blow my mind hey mickey sure hey mickey i yeah, can do that you got it Anyway, so... <laughs> How about you? What did you think about the movie? I love the movie. I think it's a very good movie. It's another one of those movies where, kind of like you said, you want to be, like, you know, like Empire Records, like a hangout movie, right? Mm. This is sort of, I mean, it's a more plot-driven than that because there are things that happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. That have, that have big consequences. Although there are some things that happen that have no consequences, too. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's... it They... The person who wrote this movie, I, I apologize if I didn't look at the name in the credits. I don't know who directed it either. Me either. Stuff we should have stuff we should have found out before we went on the air. Well, stuff you should have found out that I never pay attention to. But the writer and the director do a really good job of building this world. Yeah, they did. Um, like they are going to this private school, and so you kind of you know get immersed in that and. Yeah. There's some asshole boys and uh bleeding Jesus. Yeah. On the way in they have this giant like crucifix that yeah, he's bleeding and it's gross. It's like a fountain. They just have a hose. They do not steady stream of blood. And then there's the witchcraft store that they go to where she sells like books mm-hmm. and other stuff, candles. Yeah. I went to a store like that before. A, do you know how to use a candle? That was funny. She's <laughs> like, uh, you light the wick. Right. But, you, you've been to a witchcraft store before? Yeah. a new it, They call them a new age store, but yeah. Okay. They What's, sell witchcraft stuff there. What do they sell? Books and candles and like... Do they have a mysterious uh, secret room with a pentagram? Uh, probably. Painted on the ground? Who knows? They have crystals. Do they have Manon? I, I've never heard of Manon before. Manon. Is he French? <laughs> oh, oui, oui, I am Manon. Right. 
That's kind of weird. I am now coming inside you, but not in ah. that, but not in that way. In the, in the in the way where you you called me in, you know. <laughs> you know, he, just because you're little girls doesn't mean you know. Uh, he's a you know kind of a psycho killer, so you make him sound so fun. It's kind of weird. He's a psycho killer. What are you talking about, Manon? Manon's not a psycho killer. This movie makes it very clear that Manon is neither good nor bad. <laughs> that it's the person using it because uh, Robin Tunney uses them later, right? But he allows it to kill people, like and he's, so a bunch he... of sharks. <laughs> like that's not that's nice. So, so funny out of context. <laughs> he allows to kill a bunch of, and a bunch of sharks. A whole beach full of sharks. A whole beach full of sharks. What do you think? That, how do you think they explained that? Who people? Like there was a news crew there, like. Freak occurrence. That's so Probably weird. is no explanation. Yeah. They beached themselves spontaneously. There was like six of them at least. There was a, there were more than six of them. There was a lot of them. Sharks and whales. I didn't see a whale. There was a whale? Yeah. Wow. Just beached. <sighs> All for Faruka bulk. They're my gifts. <laughs> She's the perfect person to play this. Yeah. Villain, I guess. You yeah. Call her. She did a fantastic job. Well, she wasn't a villain for the whole movie. It was just when she lost her mind. Yeah. And that's the thing is she's she's good because she can she can ride that line. Yeah. Between like misunderstood beaten child and then <laughs> villain. Yeah. I mean, she she honestly reminded me a little bit of me. Like Really? Just a little. All right. In the way that she like carries herself and dresses and stuff. I can see that a little bit. And she smokes. I miss that. Uh, what's his name? Skeet Ulrich reminded me of me. Yeah? Not, really? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I would often go out with girls and then lie about having sex with them. <laughs> and by the way, he says, so he goes out with Robin Tunney, and he says the next day, she won't, she won't put out. And he's like, yeah, she's the worst lay I ever had. And... Nev Campbell tells Robin Tunney, oh, he said the same thing about Faruka Balk. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point, I'm thinking, like, do his friends believe him then? Like, right. <laughs> could you imagine, like, having the, that locker room conversation? You're picking some bad girls there, man. Right. <laughs> Every time, it's like the worst sex you've ever had. It's not good. Well, I mean, I Did have... you ever think maybe it was you? <laughs> You're the right? common factor here, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I have to assume that he did have sex with some girls. Oh, sure. I, and I guess, yeah. He only says that the ones that don't sleep with him are bad. Right. So, so you think that all, those are the only two that didn't sleep with him? Well, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that there's probably enough other girls in there that it doesn't sound like that. Yeah. I don't know. Did you think it was weird that... So Robin Tunney's new in this town. She killed her mom. She's new in town. During childbirth. And... She's in class, and she's just casually making a, a pencil float. Yeah, that seems up. a little dangerous. Like, why? Why? Well, she was bored. I don't think she even realized she was doing it. You don't? Like, I think that she would. She was maybe, like, spinning it or whatever, and then it just started doing it on its own, and then she was like, oh, shit. How have people not figured this out before, though, if she's just casually doing magic? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's no Robin Lively. Who's that? From Teen Witch. 
When did that come out? You've never seen Teen Witch? 1989. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, oh my God, it's uh, it's something. Okay. I'll have to show you Teen, we'll have to rent Teen Witch. Is it is it as, uh, you know, amazing as Kindred the Embraced? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's about as it's about as good as uh, as ice skulls, or or what's that one? Um, oh God, the uh, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Mm. It's terrible. It's a, just a terrible movie from the eighties. It's a it's a Mad Max slash Star Wars ripoff movie. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, she's no Robin Lively where she can hide her magic. Yeah, she's not doing a very good job or even really trying. Or make her friend rap. Yeah, well, you'll you'll have to see it. You'll have to top that. It's so weird, though, that, like, Nev Campbell sees her playing with the pencil, like, Mm -hmm. making it float and stuff, and so she knows. And she walks in to science class Mm -hmm. and says to... It's funny because it's the opposite of this like it's science and superstition right so they're in they're in science class talking about these superstitions these supernatural things mm-hmm. things against science it's layered she tells uh faruka bolts or salts or whatever <laughs> what? faruka balls or veruka salt <laughs> whatever faruka bulk i think her name is the evil girl um i found evil our fourth woman. Yeah, do you need four? Apparently, is they, that a thing? Well, that's what they said because they need four to call the corners, and there's four corners. <laughs> okay, of course. Well, no, that's what they said in the to movie. To call the corners. I'm just repeating. What the is movie. calling the corners? That's how they got Mano. Uh, who's Mano? Come on. Who is that? You know. Is that somebody we've talked about before? Nature. Nature. Like, what? The you know. Why are nature? You, why are you? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. We just talked about Mano. Carol, that was a glamour. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's another thing that happens in this movie. Glamour. Yeah. Chekhov's, oh. Chekhov's glamour co- comes into play because they're like, hey, you know, you can make people believe things and you can... You can do glamour. Watch the worst fucking special effects shot you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, she changes the color of her hair, and it's terrible. From whatever it is, brownish. Yeah, to, to mousy blonde. brown to a uh, terrible, terrible bleach blonde. And it's so obviously a wig that they put on her, but the shot is also because she 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 moves her hands over her head, right? And what what do you stare? Why like? <laughs> Do you know how distracting it is to be talking and to have somebody go like this? I didn't think it was a wig at all. You're you're looking at me like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? How am I supposed to continue? I don't Like, you don't say anything. You don't say, oh, I don't think that was a wig, so that we can have a conversation about that. You just let me go, but stare at me. They can't see anything. So it's like... Cause I no, don't. I, why don't you just do the whole show and I'll make faces at you the entire time? <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but you interrupted yourself. <sighs> you think it was uh, like a computer 
effect? Yeah, because of the way that, you know, it changed as she moved her hands. That, to me, seems a lot easier to do with a computer than with, like, what, stop motion? I don't even know how they would do that, like... Well, what they would do is they would, it's like a cowboy switch kind of, right? So they would do, she pull her hands over and then they would stop the film. They put a wig on her and then they'd try to get her in that exact same position and keep moving her hands and revealing the wig that's now on. So that's how they would do it. I'm trying to remember exactly how fake it looked. I thought maybe it looked so fake because just they didn't time the splicing right. And they didn't get her exactly in the same position, and it just was a, a terrible-looking shot. But you might be right. It might be a computer effect where they just added it afterwards, and it just looks awful. Well, yeah, because her hair doesn't change, just the color changes. And then she shakes it out, and it's, like, the same. Oh, that's right. She does do that shake thing, and then it's... And that, that had to be an effect, because they couldn't... They wouldn't be able to do that kind of a switch, but they could slowly minimizes the effects of whatever, I don't know, like Microsoft paint that they used <laughs> to try to color her hair. And that it was the problem. Terrible. The color was just horrific. Well, it's all it's just a bad effect, too. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, it was all bad. Not the movie, just that scene. Yeah. So they, they established that as a power, and then later it gets used So in the in the climax. So it's, it's Chekhov's uh, glamour. Chekhov? Do you know what that's a reference to? Chekhov's I do gun. Not. Chekhov's gun is a like Chekhov said if if a gun if we see a gun in the first act it has to go off in the third act. Okay. Basically foreshadowing type stuff. So they call anything that comes back like that they call like a Chekhov's gun. Situation. I gotcha. That makes sense. And for humor's sake, I replaced the word gun with glamour since that was what we're talking about. This has been your joke explained. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a little grandiose to call it a joke, but whatever. So they call the four corners. Yeah. And they each ask for something. Yeah. And, you know, the one girl is covered in scars and she asks to be beautiful. And and we never find out why. They're burns, actually. But we never find out where those burns came from. But she asks to be beautiful on the outside as well as in. Do you think she was beautiful on the inside? No. <laughs> I do not. I don't think any of them are beautiful on the inside. Even, even Robin Tunney? Maybe. But, I mean, she's pretty depressed and dark. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, and then the other girl... Um, Nev Campbell's beautiful on the outside, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, she is. Um, I don't know. What, do you know that actress's name, the black girl? No. But, I'm a racist, so I don't know the. It's Ro- Robin. It's her last name is short. It's like Clute or Flute or something like that. Okay. Well, when she asks for something, she asks to love her enemies or stop hating her enemies or something like that. And. Um, you know, then her enemy's hair starts falling out. This is the girl who's been making fun of her hair. She said it was like pubes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then her hair starts yeah. falling out. <laughs> I don't think that translates correctly into what she was asking, which is another reason why I'm saying I think Manon is a little mm, evil. A little mm, evil. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Rachel True, that's her name. Rachel True. Although the witch lady in the store says that whatever they you know do is going to come back on them threefold, so mm-hmm. I guess that's just a way of it coming back threefold. I don't know. I maybe, but that that girl is. They, they try to. This is like the popular blonde girl. She was actually on a TV show I used to watch called Hey Dude. Okay. It's a little wild and a little strange, but she she's such a racist, like unapologetically racist. And then after the bad stuff starts happening to her, because she's like, she says, you know why? It's because I don't like Negroids. Yeah, it's so terrible. And so then when this stuff starts happening to her, they try to elicit some sympathy for us later, like, you know, towards the climax of the movie. And I guess it's supposed to be she's feeling bad about it, too. So that's causing her to love her enemy, I guess. I guess maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Because some like the bad, like a bunch of bad stuff happened to her, so then she started to, to like that's the only way she could, you know, have sympathy for her, whatever. Hmm. But they're trying to make us have sympathy for her. I'm like, no, she's you, you pay, you went too far with the <laughs> right. racism with her. Like you didn't veil it at all. It was just very overt, and it's like I don't have sympathy for her. That so- character could fucking die for all I care. But I mean, what she asked for was actually a genuine good thing, and I think that maybe she's the only one that is good inside. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't hear a lot about her. Yeah, the uh, main character, uh, Robin Tunney, Robin Tunney, asks for love, especially this you know asshole Jack dude, Chris. Yeah, played by Skeet Ulrich, and then Veruca Salt. <laughs> Never mind. Then, then Veruca Salt goes to the chocolate factory. <laughs> um, the dark-haired, scary girl, Feruza, Feruza, Feruza Bulk, asks for all the power of Menon. Menon, which is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous ask. Yeah, it's like, hey, can you have this boy be in love with me? Hey, can you can you make me more friendly with my enemy? Hey, I want my scars gone. Can you give me the power of God and everything in the world? Right. <laughs> she so, gets it, though. Yeah. So it comes back on them threefold. The way it comes back on Sarah. That's her name. The main character is Sarah. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't remember any of their names. Um, Because she goes on a date with Chris, who is now obsessed with her, and he tries to rape her. And then she's all shook up and scared, and she goes to her friends to talk all about shook it. Up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scary girl, Scott tried to rape me. The scary girl who also like likes him or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what. So she's the one that he also dated and said that she was a terrible lay, and I think she's got some sort of crush on him or something. I don't know what's going on with this. I think though that they really did have sex. I do too. Because she said he spreads disease, and I speak from experience. Oh, okay. So maybe she really was a bad lay. Maybe. She seems like she might be. Yeah. Seems like she might be the one that looks like a freak and everything, but in the bedroom, she's just just lays there. Plus, you know, when she. Dead fish, like all those beach channels. That's what Manon was trying to say. <laughs> you invite me inside you, and then this is. And this <laughs> is what it is. Lay there like a dead fish. 
That's awesome. It's all for me. No, you're not understanding my message. <laughs> but, I mean, Chris certainly didn't want to have sex with her again. No, he really didn't. <laughs> he was pretty adamant on that. Right. She was coming on to him. She's like, we had some hot times. And he's like, no, we didn't. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? So then she glamours herself to look like Sarah mm-hmm. so that he'll have sex with her. Which he does. Kind of. Because he's drunk. Maybe. Because he he's drunk and he doesn't realize that, you know, she changed right before his eyes. Somehow. Right. Weirdo. So, and then uh, she gets uh, mad and uses magic to shove him out of a window. After after Robin Tunney comes there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, gotcha. Or whatever. <laughs> she plays it off like she did it on purpose. And she knew Robin Tunney was going to be there to interrupt them. That he would see, he would be in bed with her having kissed her and stuff like that. And then see her. And be like, oh, this is breaks my love spell or whatever. Like, she acted like that's what it was. Because she said, that's why I did it, you know, whatever, to trick you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she acts like that was her plan, but I don't think that was her plan. No, she was raping him. And I don't think she did it out of some sort of twisted loyalty to her friend. I think she did it out of jealousy and for her own selfish purposes. Yeah. Because she didn't like this guy. But she did like this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's a love-hate type of thing. Yeah. So, um, everybody's a little scared of her now because she killed somebody. So. Yeah, they they cut from that to just Robin Tunney, like, crying in her dad's arms and stuff like that. Which, like you said, had to be a weird situation. Because one, one, di- one day this guy shows up at, at, at the house and is like, oh, I want your daughter or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like a fucking zombie. Sure. And then the next he's dead. And then, like you said, it had to be weird for her because it's like he tried to rape her, but now she's sad that he died. But also she seems like to realize that it wasn't him that tried to rape her, but the like the, the spell, spell, basically. Right. So, yeah. Not that he was a good guy before that because he wasn't because he lied about having sex with her. But, yeah, it's he didn't deserve that necessarily yeah yeah weird situation all around all around and then um the girls decide to uh get back at her i don't so i don't understand exactly why why they're so mad well they're mad because after she kills this skeet ulrich and she's already killed the guy that her mom was having sex with oh yeah i forgot about that part um she gave him him a heart attack yeah um she tries to do a binding spell on her but not a spell of binding where she can't do any magic. Just that she can't do harm to herself or others. Or others. <laughs> and that so enrages her and the rest of the coven that they're like, we're going to get you. It's so dumb. Like, first of all, what does that say about her as a person? That that like that impairs her so much. That that's right. the intention behind so much of what she does. Mm-hmm. But it is. She's very, she's very negative. So... Yeah, so they go after Sarah, and they pretend that her dad and stepmom got on a plane, mm-hmm. and and that like she had written them a note that she was going back to wherever they came from. I don't remember where it was. They thought she ran away to San Francisco. Yeah, okay, San so Francisco. So they went on a flight to San Francisco, and it crashed, and they all and everyone on board died. That's what she thinks, but it's Chekhov's glamour. Yeah, they they're glamouring it, and it, it's kind of it's sort of obvious they are. That it is a glamour, and then at the end, 
they just come right out and say, even though we see the dad and the mom and they're packing their car and everything, they're like, oh, that was glamour. And it's like, oh, really? Like, he's not dead? The guy that's packing the car is not dead in the plane. Okay, thanks for letting me know that was a glamour. Right. It's ridiculous. It dumb. And Nancy actually, Nancy's the evil one. Nancy actually slits uh, Sarah's wrists mm-hmm. and writes a suicide note. And that's, Sorry. Sorry about Skeet Ulrich. Bye. That's right. basically what the suicide note says. Yeah. So that was ridiculous. But then uh, she manages to call the Four Corners. Mm-hmm. And ask for the power of Mano so she can fight back. Yeah, yeah. Even though she's only one person, but she's so much more powerful than they are that it doesn't matter. So it's because she's four. a natural witch. So you need. F- she rolled a natural twenty. I guess that's why. Nat twenty. There you go. There you go. Oh yeah, it's, it, it it doesn't make a lot. The rules of this universe don't make a lot of sense yeah. if you really dig down to it. But it's fine. But I mean. She did say that the the store lady said that she was a natural witch. Yeah. So I think that's why. Okay. And the other ones what, aren't. The other ones aren't natural, so they they learned to be witches somehow. Yeah, and they needed each they other. They went to witch school. No, they read the books. Remember, they were always walking around with their faces in the spell books and stuff. <laughs> yep. Very stu- studious young woman. <laughs> Shut up. Nev Campbell got her skin though. Yeah. Like it, and nothing came back on her. No. Like, well, I mean, she she got fucked up because uh, what's her Robin Tunney made her seem like things were coming back on her, but nothing did. It looked like it looked like the other two, the two lesser ones, Rachel True and and Nev Campbell, seemed like they turned out okay. Yeah, they lost all their powers in the end, but she got to keep her nice skin. Yeah, and Rachel True's bully got whatever. I don't, I don't know. Probably. She probably died of radiation poisoning. I don't know what the fuck happened to her. Yeah, not good. But I would definitely recommend that you see this movie. It's good. It's a good movie. Rachel Tunney gets to keep her powers. Yep. Yeah, she's the only one who does. And uh, and she still apparently has all the power of Manon, I guess. Too. Right. And Nancy ends up in a psych hospital. So. Yeah. Can't do her any harm to herself. Or others. Yeah, but she can't kill herself in there. She has a lot of scratches on herself, though, so she can harm herself. Just not with magic. I guess. Well, I thought that she... Okay, maybe. Maybe she can. I thought the implication was she couldn't kill herself. What? I thought the implication was she she couldn't kill herself even if she wanted to. So she had to exist in this hospital for the rest of her life. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, because she was bound. But I think it's only for magic. Okay. Maybe. Maybe you're right. So she could just ordinarily kill herself. Yeah. Because, I mean, if she couldn't harm herself or anyone else, they would not have her in restraints like that. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's true. But she said she was flying. (laughs) She's crazy. She The Manal power, like, just broke her brain. Yeah. So she is flying in her brain. There you go. (laughs) So I guess in the end she got what she wanted. Sure. And you get what you want every time you listen to the show. I hope so. So, anyway, Carol, that's the show for today. Tell the people stuff. Write us at latev1994 at AOL.com. Check out our website at www.retrolatev.com. Mm-hmm. And tell a friend. Yep, that's right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>